0: Welcome to the Nerds Podcast number seven thirty-two, at midnight's on at eleven o'clock for the next couple of weeks.
1: So my hell finally has an ending point at some point. For oh, you tune son in of at a midnight, area Where is it? <laughs> How dare is it you? Gone, it gone forever? Oh, I guess it must have ended. I guess I'll just uh, get rid of my DVR for it. Yeah, just throw your DVR. I in threw the... my DVR away because I just, call just, the just it the midnight machine in the dis- disposal. And the but safe. I guess what I should call is the accurate title machine. <laughs> <laughs> no, okay, all right, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I did kind of fuck us a little bit by calling it
0: at midnight. It never, it never occurred to me we might be on it another time. I mean, your at original pitch of. Night. No, it's not Elevenite. Hashtag at Elevenite. Elevenite sounds like a, a, some type of NASA. It's like groovy it Mennonite, really is what it sounds weird. like. No, no, to it's, me. it sounds like an element, you know, like an element okay, that would bring yeah. down a superhero. Yeah. Ah, he's brought Elevenite! <laughs> We can't get to 11. There are no 11s anymore. It's a base 10 world in this comic book. Yeah, completely base 10 world. Um, but, uh, yeah, that and then uh, I'm going to be hitting – I'm going to Texas this week for the Fun Comfortable Tour. Ooh. Houston, Austin, Dallas, and then uh, the following week in Buffalo and then Toronto for JFL 42. Tickets at funcomfortabletour.com. Uh, what do we got on the old Nerdist Community corkboard?
1: Uh, this, this is from Mandy, and she is a photographer in St. Louis who's been working with 10th Life Cat Rescue. And they do a calendar that is sexy dudes holding adoptable cats. Aww. It's uh, Katie lit up with this because she both loves hunky dudes and animals that won't be murdered. Love them. <laughs> <laughs> so if you go to 10thlifecats.org tenthlife, uh, slash topcats, that's the name of the calendar. They're $15 and 100% of the proceeds go to charity. Oh, and, fantastic. And, the, and the, the charity is like it's cats that have trouble getting yeah, and adopted, yeah, right? Yeah, it's, it's cats uh, who, who are having trouble getting adopted and a lot of them are like troubled or have like mental things sure. you know, or things wrong with them and they're real cute are real, right. real cute cats. The guys year, are cute, I'm sure the guys also
0: have a string of problems. That,
1: you know, if you want to adopt them, they they might. You know. Oh, I could work, too. You want to do that? Oh, man, just double dip? Yeah. I'm just going to get Take everything that's on May. I would like everything on the menu, please.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes, all of it.
1: All of it. Entree and dessert. Mmm, yes. Mm.
0: Uh, I'd also like to tell folks that uh, we are screening The Hive tonight, yeah. one night only. Um, through Fathom Events. If you go to NerdistHive.com, the screening's at 7.30. We uh, shot some extra content uh, to air before it as everyone's coming in, you know, to sit down. Uh, and uh, it's, it's 7.30, and this is the... You know, it's like the first really wide distribution movie that we that we have with Nerdist, and uh, it was Jarvo. Uh, was just in the David Urevesque Was just in the podcast a couple days ago. Uh, wrote and
1: directed, and it's a super fun sci fi horror thriller movie. It's and be awesome. Uh, so go tonight. Yeah, yeah go go tonight. Call go to right nerd- now. You're at work. Go right. ask that person. that You're like, we never hang out. You want to go to the Hive at a Fathom event? You're fired. I'm your boss. <laughs> Actually, now my heart is melted. <laughs> you didn't say Nerdist was distributing it. I had to fire you so we could actually legally go out. Oh, HR go. doesn't really yeah. appreciate that.
0: So uh, oh. go to NerdistHive.com and join us. There's a, we're screening it at a, a shit ton of theaters mm-hmm. around the country. Probably one near and you. And then
1: afterwards, make out with your boss. Make out? No, you can't.
0: <laughs> you can't tell. I mean, if it's I guess if it's, it's your consensual. choice. If it's your choice, you can do it. Yeah. But your boss
1: shouldn't try to make out with you. But you, no, you I should think, make out with your boss. You could try. Yeah. That's legal, yeah. right? Like I don't. I think that. I don't legal. know. But if it's not, it's super hot. Yeah.
0: Kyle, especially all
1: riled up after watching the Hive. Why are you looking at me now? I'm your boss. Hey, boss. Oh, I'm not going to take off my shirt and hold a cat with. The- so don't. <laughs> I feel like you would. That seems like a thing you'd do. I would actually. Yeah, I absolutely. Would. Like I'm in pretty good shape, and I do love cats. <gasps> yeah, I'm just going to hold this. Ow! Ow!
0: Ow! 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 I need a shirt. <laughs>
1: uh, this episode of the podcast is Shirley Manson.
0: Yeah. God, she was rad. I love. First of all, I love garbage, and second of all, Shirley Manson was. It, as rad sometimes people are exactly what you hoped
1: they were oh. going to be and you're real happy about it so cool <laughs> like, and funny oh, you are a cool rock star who's hilarious Garbage's
0: 20th anniversary tour is uh, going on right now tour starts in early October and dates and
1: tickets can be found at garbage.com and let me give this to Kyle Stamp advice I've seen them before and they're phenomenal live also uh, props for getting garbage.com I know right
0: some early internet. that is some, hey, man, some early interneting right there <laughs> that is some excellent early interneting right there <laughs> and now The notice Podcast number 7 Thirty-two with the super kick-ass, awesome, hilarious, and wonderfully talented Shirley Manson. Katie, roll the thing.
1: Now entering nerdist.com.
0: already recording this is already happening. So
2: I'm not being warned that you don't know,
0: bang. You just go into the big thing. We just don't why we, we don't fucking You're not fucking around. We're not fucking around <laughs> This is podcasting. <laughs> this is serious I um I saw you at a sushi place a few weeks ago. Uh oh and I was, too, but I'm very shy in public. I don't like bothering people. But I wanted to go, like, I think you're coming on my podcast. I, I wish my... you had. That would but funny. I didn't. No, because then, then what are you supposed to say? Like, okay, enjoy yeah. your fish. Like, yeah, what it gets to a bit
2: say? awkward. Yeah. Which sushi joint was it? I'm desperately racking my brain now. It's was called, it Sushi Park? It was
0: sushi Park.
1: Mm hmm.
2: I see, I see. It's
0: very good. It's really good. But they, <laughs> <laughs> we took my mom there and my poor mom. Could, was not comfortable with the concept of they tell you like what you can put soy sauce on and what you can't.
2: Yeah, it's really funny, isn't it? And my mom, not soy sauce.
0: Yeah, my mom's like, do I have to follow that? I'm like, yeah, that's part of the you guys part of the thing. <laughs> but 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 how am I supposed to? I go, well, it's just what the how they want you to eat it. Sometimes I sneak <laughs> what, so sauce. I well, have to
2: confess. Well, you've just said that publicly. What I are you have. doing? Just occasionally, when the chef isn't looking, I have a quick dip.
0: Do you understand now that if any of those people listen to this podcast now, every time you come in, they're gonna they're the, just gonna keep one eye on you can, to make sure you're not sneaking. I can handle it. Okay, good. Yeah, good. What do you get? What did you just do, like? Defiantly, just like put in the eyes, like, "What are you gonna do?" <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> you gonna do arrest me? Yeah. That's so rock and roll. You got it. That's so rock yeah, and roll now. Yeah, that's really put, rock and putting roll. Putting soy sauce Woo! on sushi. That she's uh,
2: burning it up with the rock and roll
0: over here. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I
0: heard Shirley mention put so- soy sauce Woo! on sushi that she wasn't supposed to. <laughs> Fuck man, she doesn't care who she pisses off.
2: That's right. The records are selling fast <laughs> like hotcakes right now.
0: The soy, su- the soy sauce incident is your next album, mm-hmm. uh, which is just all about different ways to defy the sushi park chefs. The place is so good though.
2: It is. It's, I had a, I'm just thinking, though, by you saying that you saw me in Sushi Park, I'm thinking back to last night and I saw someone in the car park of the supermarket that I go to yeah. who may or may not have been Jason Segel. Uh. But I wanted to believe it was Jason Siegel. And he looked at me and he went, hi. And I, I was sitting outside with, with my dog and I went, Hi. And then he carried on walking and he walked into the supermarket. And to this day, I will never know whether it was Jason Segel or not.
0: I'm going to tell you that contextually, it sounds like that might have been Jason Segel. Oh,
2: my God, I'm dying.
0: Because he probably, Jason Segel would probably be very comfortable just saying hi Hi. to to people. But it was
2: the casual way he did it. It was so weird.
0: But I I think sometimes when people both know who the other person is, even if they haven't met, they still, there's still a familiarity of like, oh, hey.
2: Well, I'd just been to see his film, The End of Tour, and he was like a big, fat, slobby kind of physique in that yeah, movie. Yeah. And in, and in the car park last night, he wasn't like that at
0: all. Oh. If you know what I mean. I mean. So
2: I was a bit confused. Jason Siegel,
0: <laughs> are you out there? No soy sauce.
2: So I wished I'd said, I loved your movie, but I didn't. I just went, hi.
0: All right, well, if I... Jason's coming on the podcast, right? Yeah. (laughs) Well, you
2: can clarify for Mm -hmm. me.
0: I'm going to find out. (laughs) Did you see Shirley Manson in the parking lot of... Did you see uh... a
2: weird girl with pink hair and a little dog look at you strangely? (laughs) There's no
0: way he doesn't know who you are.
2: Of course there is. No, there isn't. Yes,
0: there is. I completely disagree. He's I not can, from
2: my generation. He is. What are you no, talking about? No, he's not. He fucking is. <laughs> Who didn't own those albums? Well, he was probably a child back then. No. I feel like everybody was a child back then at this point.
0: I w- Okay, I have a story. I have a boring story about you. I mean, I have an amazing story about, uh, about that first Garbage album, which was I was working at K-Rock at the time. In 1995. I'm really scared. In 1995. And I love that album. Queer had just come out. If I'm not mistaken, Queer was the lead track off that album, right?
2: Well, it was one of the first singles. Yeah, it wasn't the
0: lead, but... And so I listened to that album because, you know, we would get K-Rock. You would get CDs at K-Rock every week. You'd get to go in and, like, go to the music director's office and pull all the CDs that you 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 get. And I oh, to- the heady days of the '90s. Oh yes, the CDs—just the car full of CDs Ugh. that were scattered all over the floor. And I, the first time I heard "Stupid Girl," I was like, "Well, this song's going to be fucking huge." And so I, uh, before my next shift, I asked Kevin Weather, the program director. I worked midnight to 5 a.m., so no one listened to my shift. But I said, "Can I please be the first person to play this song because I think it's going to be amazing?" And uh, he was like, "Sure." And so I made a big deal because i you never got to break any music in the middle of the night, ever. Because no it was Everyone's too wasted. Everyone's too wasted. No one's listening. People work graveyard shifts or they're on drugs. And so uh, they don't even count the ratings from midnight <laughs> to five. That's how bad it is. <laughs> oh, there was yeah, no that's phone here, yeah. And so uh, and so I, I made this big deal about this is a world premiere. And so I think I may have been the first person to play Stupid Girl on the radio. I love you. So uh, I absolutely
2: but you know that I got my job through somebody playing a video at one o'clock in the morning. So the graveyard shift is my shift. Wait, what? What? The, the graveyard people are my kind what, of people. What do you mean, you guys? Well, they played, MTV played my old band, uh, Angelfish, on, right. on TV at one o'clock in the morning. And Steve Marker, and my band, was watching TV and he... Uh, so, saw the video, and that's how I got my job in Garbage.
0: Was this 120 minutes? It was indeed. Oh, fantastic! <laughs> Remember 120 minutes? Yeah. God, TV's changed. I was obsessed with that show, actually. It was so good! There's, yeah, it was good. Because there wasn't a really... Um, there wa- the fact that they kind of took this sort of underground alternative scene at the time that didn't really have a voice anywhere else was, uh, I mean, at least in America was pretty, uh, was, was really cool and so cutting edge. And now just the concept of one show being the dominant. F- yeah. Uh, doesn't even make sense anymore.
2: Well, yeah, it's, it's, things have changed so much. It's crazy. I mean, podcasts themselves have sort of taken up that role in a funny way. Kind you know of. I
0: mean? Do you make me, mu- are, are you going to make, are you making any music videos anymore? Like do I was you even-
2: telling your producer I was supposed to be in this. St- I'm supposed to be in the studio right now making our finishing up our new record.
0: And you said, you were like, no, I'm going to go do this podcast. Yeah, I said,
2: I'm going to go and do a podcast. The po- I'll the be podcast. back.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and they just, just the kind of looked at
2: me blankly and said, oh, okay.
0: Okay, all right. See uh, you. How long have you guys been back in the studio?
2: Two days or something. Oh, that's it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, we, we all get on each other's nerves so much now. That we have to break our working periods into two-week increments. And it actually works perfectly. We don't get on each other's nerves really that much That's anymore. That's
0: really funny. Well, I mean, uh, at this point, now you've been together like 20 years. Yeah. Which is such a... They're so like
2: my brothers, you know, we we really... There's a lot of eye-rolling in the studio <laughs> um, between us. I mean, we love each other desperately, but we all get on each other's nerves. So it's a two-week increment period, and it works really well.
0: I mean, just... I know... Okay, so Steve saw you on as, in Angel Fish on 120 Minutes and then brought you in to audition. And if I understand the story correctly, it didn't work out right away. Is that true? That is true. But then you came back and then it worked out. And I rocked their socks off. Fucking, you put soy sauce on everything. Yes, I sure
2: did. I splayed the whole place with soy sauce.
0: (laughs) And, and so how long into that band, because it's, kind of strange to think like oh you auditioned for their band but then it became your band like then it became your band together
2: only to the outside world i mean it's it really is a a struggling democracy it really is (laughs) i mean we know it's nobody's band really it sounds unlikely but that's the truth it was just how the the public sort of view us i suppose because The press at the time really took a liking to me and I got on a lot of front covers. (laughs) And so, you know, when you're on the front cover, you become the face of that band. But we work very much as a team.
0: How long did it take you to feel like, okay, this is the thing we're doing and I'm not just singing in their band?
2: Mm, about 15 years. <laughs>
1: I mean, right. it really
2: did. It took a long, long time for me to even feel like I was good enough to be in sitting in that seat. I mean, that's really sick. You don't want to go into my past, though, and my, all my hang-ups. That's so dull. But it's
0: not dull at all. It is so it's dull. Humanizing. You know why it's humanizing. Do you know why it's good? Because a lot of people have weird hang-ups and then they feel weird and isolated. But then when they hear someone that they respect also has human... Hang-ups, it makes them feel okay. Well, I have so many hang-ups, you can't even begin to know where to start. I read a fascinating article with you. I I remember it so clearly from, like, 1996. And there must have been other stuff in the article, but for some reason they focused on this thing that you said. It's the commandments, right? It was not the commandments. Oh, you surprised me. It had to do with uh, being in relationships and how people should just be comfortable shitting in front of each other. uh,
2: Yeah, well, it's true. I'm totally comfortable shitting in front of my husband. He, however, will not shit in front of me because he's bright. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I'm totally au fait with that.
0: It doesn't bother me at all. (laughs) There's not any party that's like, oh, I don't know. You're just like, well, this is just this is is totally natural. This is going to happen.
2: Yeah, pretty much. That's yeah. fantastic. If he locks the door. You know, he goes into. He's like, you know, he goes into his man cave to oh, poop. Oh yeah.
0: Well, I have to be in another zip code. Like I, I want,
2: want to knock on the door, going, "I know you're in there. <laughs> I know you're in there. and I know exactly what you're doing and what it looks like, and I can smell it."
0: <laughs> you know, I just want to say that doesn't help the process because he's probably just frozen inside, like a like a scared gopher. Rabbit, yeah. Yeah. Just probably. just in in his little in the little rabbit hole, just like please please just please please <laughs> i don't know why it's so terrible i don't know why i mean it is it is it is and I, i'm i'm the same way where right? because i remember reading that and how I, it impacted me so much because i was like i can't even imagine being that comfortable <laughs> with my- yeah
2: i don't know where that comes from i i have no idea i came from a very earthy family though where there was a lot of pooping jokes and that i love poop jokes you know that stays with me anything to do with with body functions really make me laugh because they're Cause the I, best because they make people they shut people down so fast. I find it fascinating.
0: It's instantly humanizing. It instantly puts us all on the same level, no I matter guess what so. your status in life is.
2: I, I, that must be what it is. something you, like that. You
0: still have to. You still have to do that. I
2: can't believe we got here so quickly.
0: Yeah. I, well, it was. You know, I've been holding on to this for like 19 <laughs> years. This is very cathartic for me it's, to get to discuss this It's been with you. fantastic for me, too. <laughs> you can talk about that as much no, as you want. This is
2: when we light up cigarettes.
0: Yeah. yeah. And just tell shit war stories. Yeah. Because uh, it, it, it is hard because of uh, cause of traveling, you know? It's like it's just traveling and, and being... And I don't like it in public. I just get really weird about it. Is your husband the same way?
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's a freak about it. But... You know, when you're in a band, you kind of have to. It has to go by the wayside all that stuff because you know you're crammed in a backstage room, not much bigger than this, you know, and you 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 have to do all your stuff yeah. in front of one another yeah. So
0: I think it's I think it's bonding though. I think it I think as yeah. a as a band, you might as well just become a family as quickly as possible <laughs> if you want it to work. Probably. I guess. I mean, did you guys, Did you guys all click together immediately?
2: Yeah, pretty much pretty much certainly we had the similar sense of humor we loved the same kind of music we had a goal you know we all wanted to do the same thing so it was really bonding
0: were you comfortable with the fact because I, I remember i remember you being on the cover of magazines and i remember you becoming pretty quickly sort of becoming like a like a style icon for for people which i mean w- are you um, did you recognize that at the time or is that anything that you can be emotionally prepared for
2: I was not emotionally prepared for and I remain mystified because (laughs) I'm not one of these girls that spends a lot of time thinking about clothes or how I'm going to dress or, you know, I I really don't put a lot of thought into it. And when it became this style icon, I was really shocked by it. And, And even looking back now at old videos and stuff. I mean, videos were a different thing because actually I did a pretty good job of putting myself out there. But in, in terms of like backstage footage and stuff, I was dressed appallingly. <laughs> I mean, I looked terrible. So I'm really confused by how, how that all happened. But I think I got lucky. We worked with amazing photographers, like amazing image makers. And we were smart enough to know to use great people. Like don't use average when you can use amazing. Right. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. I, also I look
2: normal when you can look spectacular. And these all these people are good at style making, like image making. They are geniuses at making people look incredible.
0: I also uh, – you're from Edinburgh, right? I am. I, I love that. I love it.
2: It's, it's a great city. It's
0: so great. And so uh, it, It's it's interesting to see – how stratified the city is in terms of the physical structure representing the economic.
2: Yeah. Wow, I've never heard it put that way, but you're right.
0: I mean, it's like the rich people live up top and they dump <laughs> shit on the poor people who live at the bottom. <laughs> they had right. to be very comfortable with shit because they were getting it dumped on them on a daily Literally, basis. Literally, back in the day, yeah. Yeah, but it's such a... It, it really is a gorgeous city that... uh uh, that where, where you you can just you can feel the class structure in the in the construction of the city.
2: Well, yeah, that's true. I mean, the UK is still very class orientated that way, and sure, a sad is that's the sad side of United Kingdom. But um, yeah, you really can see it physically in the, all the architecture and everything in Edinburgh. I've never ever heard it. It takes an American to point something mm, like that out. Well yeah.
0: done. We don't point out a lot of stuff astutely, but when we do, well, that's
2: really I'm, interesting point.
0: I'm also. Uh, just coming from a kind of an earthy background and coming from sort of an un, the underground scene, and then all of a sudden you're super successful. Does that weird you out, or do you feel weird, or do you feel guilty, or do you like like all this? You're talking about the class structure, but all of a sudden you're super successful and you got money and you got fame and you're all you're part of the other side. I mean that. How does that feel?
2: Well, this is like going and watching that movie, End of Tour, about David Foster Wallace. I mean, uh, all these sort of the weird idea of, like, coming from an underground situation, you have contempt for the mainstream. I mean, it's just, in general, it's a survival tactic, right? Mm -hmm. So you scorn it, and then all of a sudden you find, oh, my God, I'm in the mainstream. It is very strange, like, trying to get your head around that and finding sort of... uh, a place to stand in the midst of all that craziness. Cause you, I did have a lot of uh, confusion internally about success. I didn't, it didn't sit well with me really. I didn't, I thought I'd like the attention cause I'm a real attention seeker. Like I love attention, but once I actually got it in that like amount, I, I found it repulsive. I found it gauche. I mean, who knows why I just didn't, I didn't enjoy it. I hated cameras. I hated, you know, my husband at the time was getting followed around with by paparazzi and, and it was really
0: intrusive and I did not enjoy it at all. Yeah, I don't think anyone would think that was fun because I don't think... But we... tons
2: of people do, you know, they love it. They
0: can't though. I mean, like, I just think as humans, we don't, want to be spied on all the time it's just it's just it just feels counterintuitive you i feel like you need some sense of... that's because
2: you're a sane person <laughs> but <laughs> i, don't I know if think that's true. the ones who cultivate that kind of constant fame they they see intrusion as you know affirmation
0: i guess that's true i guess it's also probably not different than a physical drug in the sense of you're getting a rush of something and you get addicted to that and then yeah. The more and more you get it, the more and more you crave it. And then you got it. And but, you wonder
2: why the paparazzi aren't outside your door. I think they, they
0: operate. Then like you that. start. And then I think that's when people start misbehaving because then it's like they're like spoiled, ch- like bratty kids. And like, oh, I'm just going to be shitty and get attention. So it's a it's really it's really, or
2: very sexual or, you know, right. Rebellious or
0: whatever. So they find a myriad of different ways, right? I think so. I, I, but I, I also am always interested in the idea, and we've talked about this before too. When when punk bands get really popular, and, and then then it almost sort of flies, and like it seems like they're a reaction to something, but then they become that thing. And so, how do they? How do you find inspiration, or how do you? How do you continue to? Do you have to completely change? You know, because I, I was imagine they'd be like, "Oh, I don't know, maybe this isn't so terrible."
2: Well, it must be difficult because, of course, like like I said, when you're on the outside of something, you're contemptuous of it because it's a survival tactic. You know, if you longed for to be in a club that you're never going to be part of, or you think you're never going to be part of, it would be really upsetting. So, you know, I think human nature just decrees that you find ways of rejecting clubs that you can't be part of. Then when you find yourself in that club, I think it depends on your your internal makeup. You know how you handle it. Some people are destroyed by it, you know, like yeah. all these famous artists that we know too well, Amy Winehouse, uh, you know, Kurt Cobain, they all they are destroyed by all that. And then there's people who flourish under it. And then there's The people who are sort of like me who can somehow manage to handle it but are very discomforted by it a lot of the time. But that said, there's lots of great things about it. Don't get me wrong. (laughs) You know, there's there's nothing more incredible than writing a record and having been like I was. You know, I was in a band for 15 years really before I went and played a show where there was an audience of any any real amount coming
0: to my show. Yeah. You must have been, you must have just been a tiny little. Gelfling well, when I you was st- a, g-
2: a gelfling when I started. I started. I was almost 15, I think, when, 15, 16, when I started playing gigs. And then really, garbage really broke round about my late 20s. So, you know.
0: Was that a good time for the success to was well,
2: incredible because you're so innocent. You have no idea. All you know is like, oh, my God, people are coming to our shows and I don't have to worry so much anymore. And, you know, I can't pay my bills. I mean, that's a big thing, you know, when you can start paying your bills. It's incredible,
0: right? Right, yeah.
2: For any of us. But then, you know, you come the second record, the third record, then it starts to get a wee bit weird because then you're the success is is runs in tandem with the rest of your life. And you're trying to juggle the rest of your life, which is getting slowly eradicated by success because you're always away from home. So you don't have any relationships. You miss out on all your friends having babies and, you know, blah, blah, blah ad infinitum. Like it's not it's crazy. It's a crazy way to live constantly being that kind of in that kind of success.
0: Yeah. You only have so much energy. <laughs> I mean, You can only, you only have so much energy to devote to stuff. Yeah, I mean, of that's, course. that's, that's it. And, and, and maintaining a relationship where someone can understand, uh, th- even if they understand on an intellectual level, it's, I mean, trying to, it's difficult to connect with some, with people when you're just gone. All well, the you're
2: time. usually too tired to come back and then discuss it. You just don't yeah. want to have to discuss it because you're too tired. You just want them to understand.
0: Yeah. And, and so much of your, and, so, and you know so much of your relationship energy is devoted to the audience you're, you're spending so much time scooping it out into the audience of by the time you come home sometimes you can be a yeah the person little...
2: you really care about gets nothing <laughs>
0: you just feel like a yeah. weird show like oh, i just need to lie here for a second
2: yeah i mean there's tons of times i've come back from shows and you know you've, you've been energetic and passionate and funny and sparkling and then you come home and you're like a black cloud <laughs> you know i'm not so much like that now that i'm older and i have figured it out but certainly when i was young i was like a black mess by the time i got home well what did you figure out i just have found a way of balancing it all out a bit better in my mind and understanding that i have to put energy into my life i right. have to put energy into the people i love i have to put energy into like you know making arrangements and and sticking to them and being you know valiant and true
0: yeah yeah <laughs>
2: i take it seriously
0: yeah cuz you you don't you know i mean it is it's important cuz you don't want to it might be fun when you're young when you think that life is just this endless runway But then at a certain point, you realize there's death, (laughs) there's death. And then there's also, (laughs) there's also, you know, if you're lucky, being an old person, you know, some, somewhere and and,
2: desperate to be old. (laughs) Really? Well, not desperate for it to like be accelerated, but I hope I get to be old.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Do you you think you'll be a good old lady?
2: I think old people are really punk rock. Yeah. Like they get crazy and wild and they just don't give a shit. (laughs) You know, they really don't,
0: you know? yeah because i think they i think once you so much of what powers us when we're young i think is the is is fear and i think when you're old then you realize like man, you know i could probably go at any minute you what are you afraid of anymore at that point
2: yeah you're f- fearful of you nothing. just don't fucking
0: care yeah. you're know, like well i don't care i'm gonna die i could die tomorrow who gives a shit yeah i think that is a pretty freeing concept a pretty freeing concept yeah um i'm not looking forward to dragging my balls on the ground but other than that i yeah, think yeah well it's
2: gonna... that's the horrible side of it all <laughs> which i try not to focus on but you know when i was young i was i literally felt scared 24/7 24/7 i felt anxious and angry and frustrated and all the things that come with being young
0: but was, that must have helped with well,
2: of course it's a great engine right Yeah. that's why young people achieve stuff
0: would you have traded it if you had been just like a super chill uh, kid i with...
2: i think being chill is so Overrated. Oh, good. Yeah, a, a sense of agitation is good.
0: Well, I think it's good too because I think, and I think a lot of people who, because I've I've been anxious. I mean, I've been an anxious person my whole life, and I think letting people know that you can actually do something constructive with it, as opposed to just just bearing e- it,
2: eating your tail.
0: Yeah, exactly. But but if you can actually, if you're going to experience it, then you might as well do something fun <laughs> with it. You know, yeah. I mean, seriously, I think so. And I think that's why any of the creative endeavors is really important because you're just like putting that out there
2: yeah the, the problem is though of course when you get to my age it is hard to keep the engine stoked which i am managing to do i don't know why i managed to still be enthusiastic and i'm i'm not cynical and i'm not tired and bored but i think that is a challenge how do you keep yourself as stoked as you were when you were young which it just comes naturally when you're a kid
0: yeah and i think it's got to be also interesting i would guess that it must be interesting that You know, people have this perception of you. When you're performing, you're very confident on stage and you seem like, oh, she's got got everything figured out, you know?
2: But on stage, I do have everything figured out. Ah. That's why I'm so addicted to it. I like become a superhero when I'm on stage what do you think that's what happens that's why people love it
0: then do you do you kind of dread going off stage sometimes well I
2: used to but now I don't that's what I was saying about earlier on is I figured out a way of like making my real life actually the important life and as fulfilled as the stage life but for a while when I was young I just was addicted to being on stage and that's all that really mattered to me
0: oh wow and then you would
2: come off stage and it'd be like you'd be bummed out cuz yeah. life wasn't exciting anymore.
0: Yeah, there's that uh uh there's that crazy uh I don't know how crazy it is but that, that that Bon Jovi documentary where it's like there's a fucking stadium full of people and then they just the camera just goes back into this weird tiny little room and just
2: sitting
0: <laughs> in there. It's just like just... That
2: entire documentary's fascinating, right? <laughs> no,
0: you've seen it. Yes, okay. I've
2: seen it. I was it gave me the chills.
0: Yeah, it's so strange.
2: Yes, it's worth watching though if whether you're a Bon Jovi fan or not. You know, it's it's interesting to you watch. You know,
0: I used to deny it, but I think I actually am kind of a Bon Jovi fan. Are you really interesting? I think I am. You know why? Because as much as I can kind of write it off and go like, bah, it's, it's Ash and Wash frat rock, you know? If, it is. If if if, if, living on a, if if Living on a Prayer came on, I would be like, oh, we're halfway there. Wait, stop it. You know, like I would still... Because
2: i want it. Yes, yes.
0: Dead or alive. <laughs> yep yep i mean it's it is but isn't it so true shirley it's like you're just a cowboy
2: yeah man riding it's so around true. It really on a, resonates with me on a steel horse <laughs>
0: <Sorry>. <laughs> were, were, did, were the songs that you guys were writing was it uh were you ex- were you intending to express anything that you feel like people never picked up on was there anything about it that was very personal that you felt like god people think it's about this but it's actually really about it this
2: it was it was a it was a dedication to bon jovi
0: no I, that's what i thought yeah all the whole first garbage every, album yeah every song yeah every song yeah that's it's just
2: a tribute to that
0: <laughs> stupid girl is yeah. actually all about bon jovi <laughs> <laughs>
2: no i 't that I, I, I have no I, I had no real sense of what we were writing with that first record i don 't think any of us really did. It was so piecemeal and sort of put together in a strange way, um, which has since sort of become much more socially acceptable but at the time it was really frowned upon the way that we made that record How come well, because we weren 't one thing or another we weren 't a rock band we weren 't a pop band we weren 't you know we used hip hop beats we used rock guitars, we used funk. We, I mean, we just stole lots of tiny little pieces from everything and mixed it all up. And I think people were really suspicious of it at the time.
0: But even the name of the band kind of suggested what the tone was.
2: Well, we thought so. But you know, lots of people have very different senses of humor than we do. (laughs) Um, So... Yeah, we, we met up with a lot of hostility at the time, which is funny because, you know, everybody's lauding this, this record of ours at the, at now, and which is lovely. But at the time, everybody was, mm, I don't know about this band, you know, they're, they claim they're alt-rock, but, you know, they, they love pop melody. And, you know, we, we always loved pop music. We were always big fans of it. And that was considered uncool and, oh,
0: I don't know. I mean, you know, I think that's who cares? So, you know what's so great about that, though, is that it, what it really says is that it doesn't fucking matter what anyone says. <laughs> I mean, it's honestly, as long as you just make your thing and you just keep doing it and like so, – because, you know, people can be devastated. It can be devastating. I was
2: devastated by all the negative really? stuff. The of time, course. Yeah.
0: Well, I guess how could you not be? Yeah.
2: I mean, I just thought, oh, well, that's it. Well, we're
0: screwed. Little did I know.
2: You see, you understand nothing when you're young.
0: Yeah, no, no. You
2: understand nothing.
0: And none of that stuff really means anything. It's it's just, um, it, 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 it's just like gristle, you know, like it doesn't really...
2: Well, everybody's got something bad to say for the most part. I mean, you can't expect to go out into the world, right, and have everybody salute you and tell you you're great and i mean that just that's just not how things
0: work no it's, people don't have to salute you and tell you that you're great but they also uh, uh on the flip side don't have to be like this is the worst," you know like they don't have to be so super negative about it i mean but it but it is but negativity like most people are fucking miserable I don't negativity
2: know. though is big you know and it's considered sort of cool and safe in a funny way if you really think about it yeah. I
0: think it's a lazy and predictable.
2: So do I. I'm with you. <laughs> but again, that's something I've sort of slowly learned. I, When I was young, I sort of, I liked to be negative because I thought it made me cool or it made me feel like I wasn't risking anything. I didn't have to risk anything by being cool.
0: Well, also um, tearing things down, looking down on things makes you feel superior to them. Superior, it makes you feel like yeah. you're above, you know, if you can shit on something, that means you understand it and you can take it apart. And that makes you something
2: like that. That makes you yeah. powerful.
0: But that's an illusion. It's not true.
2: No, it just... Be- probably not but for that second it probably makes you feel better but you know like I, when I'm coming from scotland you know people don't mess their words you know and i would be i can remember walking down the street a lot in scotland for the first when the first record was successful and people would shout things like oi stupid girl you're a shite. <laughs> or or oi garbage <laughs> You are garbage. <laughs> there would be stuff like that. It was just it went on and on and good on. Good to see you too. Yeah, and I'd be walking down the street with my mum. My mum going, "What did that young man just say?" You and nothing, mum. Nothing. <laughs> Keep walking. <That's> so, <laughs> so I was kept in my place for a long, long time, which is probably good.
0: I mean, I guess, I guess some degree of that tethering you to reality is okay, but at the same time. Who shouts at a lots of lots of Scot- Scottish workies? Who shouts at a twenty-something girl walking down the street, <laughs> a, a, just a, a horribly oppressive with
2: their mum, with their mum? Yeah, that's not cool.
0: But I guess that's part of it. But but <laughs> do you, but, you, but you think that's do you think that's part of Scottish culture? As... I know it
2: is. I mean, that is very much part of an island mentality, and you know, we live in a really small country you know we could fit i think we there's something mad like i can fit scotland into california eight times over or something like that it's tiny
0: if you had shouted back like eat my shit you cunt would he have been like she's all right like, sometimes
2: I, I would do that and <laughs> um yeah people they were just like really stunned because of course you're not supposed to be able to have a word
0: back no if you're supposed to just take it
2: and often i would with ears burning and shame
0: did you because it seems like uh i've always suspected that you're funny and and so
2: why because it's just well first of all <laughs> i don't know how to take
1: that the pee
0: the, the, the and shit article like that's a oh, funny that's God, a funny yeah. thing to say in an interview and so i wonder was the press not when you're in a band sometimes i feel like you don't get the same leeway as if you had been a comedian. But when you say stuff and you're fucking around and people take it seriously, did you get, yourself, did you get in trouble a lot?
2: I, I didn't get in trouble, but my band, I could tell, were really at the end of their tether a lot of the time, you know. <laughs> I, and they would, they would be embarrassed for me, you know what I mean? Oh, like, really? I wasn't particularly embarrassed by any of it because I, I'd said it and I was, and it was true. But they were—they're real sort of gentlemen from the Midwest, and they are very careful what they say. Like I'm the complete opposite, but they are very careful. They choose the words carefully, and they were pretty horrified, by it. particularly the that all that sex stuff. They, yeah, they freaked them out a wee bit. But you know,
0: they've gotten over that now. Yeah, I would imagine at this point they're probably. Well, I hope so. They're but probably who knows? okay with it. Yeah. Do you like uh, when you when you kind of branched out and did and started doing solo stuff? Did. Did that have a different dynamic for you? Is it something that was? Did you miss that group? I mean, I was imagine every time you work with a different group, there's a whole new thing that happens. Did you? Do, what did you learn or discover about yourself when you started doing solo stuff?
2: Well, I never actually did the solo stuff. It, I, I dabbled in it, and it ended disastrously. With what surprise? Some more major label interference. So it ended poorly, for which I'm eternally grateful because I believe in bands I believe in uh, people working together augmenting each other through your weaknesses and your strengths I I believe in that I think it's a really beautiful ideal and I think the idea of a band is very romantic for me I find that that's just something that has always filled me and my imagination up and so I'm proud to be in a band and not be a solo pursuer what did
0: the What did the label do to fuck it all up
2: oh it 's such a fucking long story it 's so boring but they I was going to do it with Greg Kirsten, who was at the time who 's now a really well known music producer, but back then nobody knew him. He was unproven talent and he 's literally a genius i mean he 's an incredible jazz musician and and really like one of the greats you know. And he had generously put a band together for me and we were going to make a record and we were going to make it in two weeks and with all these incredible musicians and we took it to the record company said, we want to do this. We want to make this record. It will cost, I think it was $10,000 for the whole thing. And the, the head of the record company said, well, who is this Greg Kirsten? He hasn't had a hit. We're not letting you. We're not letting you waste your career like that. We see you as a, as an international pop star and, you know, you have the potential to be as big as Annie Lennox. And, and and they put the kibosh on that project. And then Greg Kirsten literally, I think three weeks or something later, had a massive hit. And has done nothing but continue to for the last, I think, uh, five years. Just
0: over, over like <laughs> 10 grand in two weeks. Yeah. Why is it going to, why do you care? Why is yeah. it going to hurt you? it? Yeah. I don't think, uh, I, I, I don't think, I don't know, I would hate to think about how many amazing things got squashed because of... Idiots. How many things almost happened because of situations like that, where yeah. one dude just got to bug up their ass about something.
2: Well, that whole, I think a lot of the industry in the last sort of 10, 20 years has gotten very conservative. You know, all they want is hits. That's why, it, you know, all they sign is pop artists. You know, they, yeah. they, they want hits. That's all they care about. They don't care about anything other than that. And that's fair enough. You know, I, I get that. That's what they're doing. That's okay, fair enough.
0: But there are still, do you feel like there are still adequate channels to get things out into the world without traditional radio play? I do,
2: yeah, definitely. I mean, I think it's been proven. You know, you can have a hit on YouTube, you know, without anybody knowing who the hell you were, you know, three months previous. Or yeah. There are definitely ways of doing it. But I feel like all the artists that do break out like that, they're the exception to the rule. You know, in general, they're phenomenons, you know, to rise above the fray. You need a distribution. You need promotion. And that takes money. And who has money? The labels have money. So, you know, yeah, you can be lucky and have a breakout. Um, Somebody was talking about Lindsay Sterling the other day on YouTube. You know, she's become a look hugely successful on our own terms but that will happen once out of millions of artists
0: yeah so the so the record companies still do have pull
2: yeah they have power <laughs> yeah definitely
0: it is the 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 promotion is really seems to be the most challenging part of it that you can perform you can do a show in a city and feel like you've done a shit ton of promotion for that show and you leave a city and someone a drop will still in the go ocean. when are you gonna when are you gonna come perform and like i was just there yeah Well,
2: yeah I, how could you? how miss that? But there's so much noise in our culture, right? I mean, everybody talks about oh, social media is so great for young artists. It's like, well, is it? It's just another. It's just another outlet. It's just another magazine. It's not. It's like some revolutionary tactic that guarantees you success. It's just. An, it's just more noise. Yeah. And we have so much noise now. It's terrifying. Yeah. I mean, I can't keep up. I remember being really up on music when i was young i would just go and i would buy the enemy every week and and that's all i really needed to know what was going on in the world literally in the world and now it's like everybody's talking about all these books all these movies all these podcasts all the tv shows all like everything that's going on on youtube everything that's going on on you know like noisy and vice and blah 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 blah. it's just billions and billions of things and you just don't have time in the day <laughs> to keep up with it
0: yeah do you watch anything are you what I watch lots of stuff.
2: Like what? What's like, your new jam?
0: Uh, television wise, yeah. Uh, it's a show called Mr. Robot.
2: Oh, I was just going to say the same thing.
0: Fucking great!
2: It is pretty great. I'm, so, I'm kind of obsessed by that boy.
0: Yes, Rami Malek. They were yeah, he was Rami, just on. Rami and Christian Slater were just on. He's
2: great.
0: And uh, that. Uh, are you caught up on the series? No. Oh,
2: fuck. No. I, okay. I fell I asleep in the middle of it last night.
0: Okay, I won't say. I won't. Don't say, say a word.
2: But I am really enjoying it.
0: I won't say that. everyone dies, but I won't say no. I'm kidding. Oh. Uh, <laughs> No. Yeah. So, Mr. Robot's really great. My girlfriend and I watch shit tons of horror movies. Like every. Oh no! See, I
2: can't deal with that. No. 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 Not a
0: horror fan. I go. I
2: feel literally think I'm going to vomit if I watch it.
0: Uh, Oh, that's so interesting. I I would. I would have pegged you as a horror fan. No.
2: No. Oh, it's too intense. Way too intense.
0: Okay. So what? 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 What do you watch?
2: Um. Well, I'm kind of obsessed with Broad City.
0: Oh, great! Great. Um,
2: Just finished Silicon Valley. Yeah. Uh
0: Silicon Valley phenomenal. Although
2: I don't think the second season was half as good as the first. Really? No.
0: Oh. So
2: I was kind of bummed out. The truth be told. I hope it will pick up for the third.
0: Shit! Shirley Manson <laughs> has hush. to God, <laughs> Hey, you're really mean. <laughs> what? A, I am mean. What was an opinion. Oi! That show was shite. <laughs> what? Yeah. So that's that's the Scott. That's yeah. the Scott part coming out. By yeah.
2: Silicon Valley. You were shite this second season. <laughs>
0: That's going to be the fucking headline. You know, so <laughs> Things have started to happen on the podcast now that are like Brian Cranston was just on and he was kind of talking about how fascinating he thought Trump was and made it very clear that he thought he would be a terrible president and that he had terrible ideas, but he thought it was really interesting the way he was kind of shaking up the other candidates.
2: Well, it, it's, it's dementia. It, it, like, it's, demented, demented behavior is always fascinating to watch.
0: It's fascinating, but then all these news outlets picked it up like Brian Cranston thinks Donald Trump is refreshing. And it's like, no, you didn't even yeah. listen
2: to this. But see, it, it's interesting you should say that because I have a real problem with how the press behave at the moment. Like, it seems like they take no responsibility whatsoever for, for their craft. Like they just go willy nilly, just grabbing headlines so that they get as many hits as possible yes. to secure their survival. But it's so irresponsible <laughs> the way the press treat people and situations, and 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 they put all their efforts into the most mundane things when really dreadful things are happening all over the world that they just choose to ignore.
0: Yeah, there's no craft in lowest common denominator. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah, that's
0: true. It's just- <laughs> I mean, there's no if they're just trying to get traffic, you know, then it doesn't really. Because they, because I think they know everything moves so fast, information moves so fast. They don't have to source anything anymore. They no, do There's to, no
2: fact checking. There's or no anything. fact checking. There's it's just no, rubbish. We're yeah, all, literally rubbish.
0: And they know that if they, if someone calls them out on it, then they don't care. They'll forget the next day or the next hour. Yeah. So it's. I mean, I would imagine for you, that's probably also been. I mean, you've seen such a dramatic. Evo- I don't even know if it's evolution, but a dramatic.
2: It's devolution, baby.
0: Metamorphosis in the way. (laughs) Devolution, definitely. It's the devolution band. (laughs) uh, I I mean, I assume you probably just don't even bother with any of that stuff anymore.
2: It's not that I don't bother with it, but I just try and not spend too much time thinking about inaccuracies that are written about me. It's like, who cares? you know? But it does bother me when I see really irresponsible journalism that puts people's lives either in jeopardy or or causes them a lot of suffering or like, that's just, it's just not cool. Do your job. Yeah. You know?
0: Yeah. Did you, uh, were you ever comfortable with being a role model? <laughs> Cause you, cause you, <laughs> you, you are, and you, I mean, like, I, I would imagine, you know, a lot of young women probably looked up to you as a, as a, as a strong guiding force. Did, did you ever feel responsibility with that? Or were you like, no, 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 I'm, I'm damaged. Don't look at me. Or were you, were you cool with it?
2: I've never thought of myself as a role model of the truth be told. I mean, I think if you are even remotely in the public eye, someone somewhere will consider you a role model for sure. And and But I just don't take that too much to heart. You know, it's like as many people despise me, loathe me um, as anyone who's ever admired me. So... You know, when you when you balance it all out, it's like, you know, it's a moot point. You
0: think it's a wash? I think it's a wash. But I think it still matters to the people that really do. Because no matter anything you put in the world, a percentage, you know, there's a percentage of people that it's going to say it's the best thing they've ever seen, the worst thing they've ever seen, and then there's people who are like, yeah, I really like this, or man, or yeah, really... Yeah, it's okay. Yeah, it's okay. But I do think for the people that really, 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 and I'm sure the number is significant, you know, like it really, it really matters to them. I think it's important that, um, you know, you were someone who... Could have been completely sucked under stress and anxiety and depression. And, but you found a way to express that and push through it. And, and you're on the other side. And you seem totally... You seem nice. cool. You seem nice. Do I seem nice? You do seem nice. Oh, Unless you Bless. don't want to be nice.
2: <laughs> of course I want to be nice. Oh,
0: good. See, that's good. It's nice to be nice. So you got through all that. I mean, was that... <laughs> do you think that was... Do you think that that was in your DNA or do you think that was just experience and wisdom and, 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 and you know, getting, getting to be a few years older?
2: I think I had a great mum who really taught me how to look after myself in the world, basically. And growing up in a small island where you really don't get to behave in any way other than be... A, just a like a, a sort of decent normal person. Yeah, you know in Scotland you will get the kicked out of you if you behave in any starry fancy way. <laughs> you know they'll laugh at you.
0: That's pretty cool.
2: Yeah, it's cool. That's what's so incredible. I, I think about the Scottish culture is they just ha- they just s- s- tell it as it is. They see it as it is. They tell it how it is and. You know, occasionally you'll meet the odd buffoon, but in general, people are sort of like, everyone will hang out in the pub and everybody sees everyone as an equal. Everyone believes a l- primarily in socialism Scotland, like the strong look after the weak, the young look after the old. You know, it's just sort of inherent in the culture. I mean, I'm I'm over-glamorising and, and sentimental sentimentalising the culture that I come from, but at the same time, there are threads of that there that I see are not necessarily here in los angeles for and there's random almost example in, in
0: defiance of the vertical class structure <laughs>
2: well there is a, <clears throat> yeah there's i didn't say it was perfect but the, but you know it has a lot of really great things about it about the culture
0: what is the what do you think is the standard kind of self-reflexive identity as as a scott what do you what do you what do you feel when you're growing up there? Well, how do you see the rest of the world? How do you see how do you see England? Like how do you see like where do you see your, yourselves?
2: Well, because of the great you know empire that we you know we got taught about at school, you know in Scotland you felt part of the United Kingdom, and we were we were shown maps where we were in the centre of the world, and so. <laughs> I mean that's just true. We looked at the world, and America was on one side, Europe and Russia was on the other, and we were bang in the middle. Right. And uh, so we are tiny, but we believe we're mighty. Right. And that and that is definitely a part of that Scottish psyche. Um, and we have a very rich history. That a lot of again, when I came to America, I was shocked at how young the culture, like the culture was. You know, we have centuries and centuries of great writers, artists. You know, dancers, opera singers, you know, blah, 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 kings, queens, you name it, you know. Yeah. And we have all the folklore and, and all the history. And that, that really holds a country together in a funny way that I notice isn't necessarily here in America. But what's beautiful about America is because it is so new. It doesn't have any of that elitist shit that you can come across when you, you come into Europe and you encounter some of the attitudes over there towards America,
0: but I think I think what we do have is sort of a youthful arrogance. I think yeah, there's a youthful arrogance, but
2: also the- I think an innocence. I, I I have. I mean, I love America deeply, and it's important to me, and it's done nothing but good for me. It's been an incredible country to me and generous, and I believe in the principles that that I feel exist in this country. And you're right. I feel like there's 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 exuberance and there's youthful optimism. But there's a real innocence here, which I love. Um, and, and I don't think the rest of the world really understand that. You know, they don't, don't understand that actually America's not arrogant necessarily. It's just innocent. And often innocence can come across as insane arrogance. You <laughs> know, you know, I, you know? I that, mean, I really believe that.
0: I guess that's true. It
2: breaks my heart because I know when I go to Europe, I can see that a lot of the bigotry towards America that has built up over, well, you know, since probably the t- the Bush you know, administrations sure. and it breaks my heart.
0: Yeah. But I think also, I think I have witnessed being overseas and seen uh, Americans acting, you know, a little entitled, Ooh, Yeah, you know, or it's like, where it like, you can't pull where. where's
2: my ham, s- my jam bond sandwich. <laughs> God damn it. Jam-bon. <laughs> <laughs> That's a true story, by the way. <laughs> My- I was in a cafe oh, in Edinburgh <laughs> and there was an American couple sitting there. Uh, in, excuse me, I was in Paris and I was in a cafeteria in Paris and this American there was saying, I want a ham sandwich. And the, the lady was going, je ne comprends pas, qu'est-ce que c'est? You know, and, and he was Simple like... Jambon
0: fromage.
2: Yeah. <laughs> and the guy was going, a sandwich. I just want a goddamn sandwich. A jambon sandwich, goddammit. <laughs>
0: I was like, "Oh my god!" (laughs) I was just dying. Yeah, you can't, you can't go to Europe and pull the old "I want to speak to the manager." Like they don't give a shit. They don't give a shit. (laughs) Where's my jambon sandwich? By the way, fucking really good, bitchy American (laughs) accent. That was fantastic. That was really fantastic. Very
2: kind. Do you? uh, Are you going to do more (laughs) acting? Do you want to do more acting stuff? I do want to do more acting. Every now and again, I go for an audition. and don't get the role i'm up for um but i i really would love to do more sci-fi actually when i saw mr robot i was like see this is exactly the show i want to be on because it was kind of similar to the one i w- had been on you know yeah. smart sci-fi is really my thing
0: you're referring to terminator i am the sarah connor chronicles
2: correct Fantastic. Top Top the class
0: was that uh, that had to be fun being amazing. a terminator
2: show it was amazing It really was. It was was unbelievable. It was like, I I felt like I was living in a fantasy.
0: Yeah. Was it, because the the television process is is a little less immediately gratifying compared to, Hardcore. Compared to, you know, you could go out and perform in front of 10,000 people, but the television is like, wait there for seven hours. We're going to need you for 15 minutes. Go wait for another seven. Yeah, it's brutal, actually. And then in eight months, then you'll see the thing that you If you're lucky. If you're lucky, yeah. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. yeah, yeah. I was quite shocked, actually, because I was like, oh, I can handle this. I've been in a band for a decade. I know what this is like. I know the studio system. I got the shock of my life. Day one, I was being manhandled by the director, you know, and like I was used to being like, you know, when you're a lead singer in a band, everyone's like, could you ask the singer if she'll uh, walk over here? (laughs) You know, and, and instead I was getting physically grabbed and I was like, really close to going mental, you know? Yeah. Um, and then you're right. You're just hanging around in your trailer all day long. And then they're going like, oh, we're going to need you in two seconds, but we've just changed the script. and You're going to have to learn the script in 20 minutes. And I'm like not used to that. So I'd be freaking out, you know, I'm not very good at memorizing stuff.
0: I feel like there's a reality. I'm going to, are you on Twitter? Mm-hmm. Okay. I feel like I need to, I, I want to connect you somehow with <laughs> Sam Esmail, who is the creator of the I know show who wrote. he is. Okay. And uh, I, I was going to go, Sam, I just just to pitch Shirley Manson as <laughs> the leader of a punk uh, Scottish uh, uh, hacker Cyber group Army. called Clan Shite. Uh, <laughs> and I'll just leave that here. I'm
2: sure he'll, he'll be gagging
0: for it. And say, he, You know, he's really cool. He might, <laughs> actually. He might. I mean, you. first of all, you've got the pink hair and you have a really cool jacket on right now. If you if said... She's like one of the best top hackers. I'll be like, yeah, she's one of those cool-looking <laughs> hipster hackers. Give me a job. I'll love you forever. That all these people have been talking about. I, 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 You know, I've been known to 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 make things happen from time to time. I think it's not crazy.
2: Yeah, but what percentage are you wanting? I, oh, Let's I don't, negotiate right here and now. Let's just get it on the table. It's no, exactly where we stand. It's I'm all, joking. It's all
0: ego-driven. I get, to, <laughs> I get to watch that and bore the shit out of people by going, I, I introduced those. And we don't care. I just wanted to take your order. I
2: think that's cute that you like doing that for people. Right? I do. It's fun. I like doing it for people, too. Yeah. It's fun. Yeah.
0: What is there an example of something where you spotted a person somewhere and connected him with something and then that became a thing?
2: Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. I don't think you should ever tell unless it's like. Oh, OK. Kind of, yeah, of course. But yeah, of course. I One time you great.
0: saw a young Jason Siegel in a grocery store parking lot.
2: Oh, it was hot. <laughs> it, was. it probably wasn't even Jason Siegel though. That's what's so funny about it. I heard a, some, just some dude going, hi. And me going, oh, hi.
0: Did I tell the Jason Segel story on the podcast before? There's a pretty amazing Jason Segel story. There's a... My friend Greg Barrett does this live show sometimes called Bring the Rock. And you go on as a... How
2: do I don't know that name? Bring the Rock? No, Greg Barrett.
0: Because he wrote a book called He's Just Not That Into You.
2: Oh, yes. Duh. But okay, he's a
0: comedian it. and that was a weird side yeah, thing yeah, yeah. that he did. It does not represent his... But anyway... This show, Bring the Rock, was a show we used to do at Largo all the time. And you would, you know, you, you'd go on and tell a story, and then you would, about music, some something that affected you musically. And then you would cover a song with the, there was a band, and you would cover the song in a, in a weird way. And he told the story about Jason Siegel doing it one time up in San Francisco. They were performing. And Jason Siegel was kind of hammered. And, he came to rehearsal and he wasn't really nailing the song. And they were like, oh, boy, this is going to going to do about this one. They go to do the show. He fucking nails this, like destroys, super hammered, destroy, allegedly destroys. Then at the end of the song, while people are on their feet freaking out, he goes, uh, he rattles off a series of numbers and he goes, that's my phone number. If you want to hook up with me, I'll be over in the corner walked over to the corner of the stage <laughs> some girl like walks up to him and, and then they left together
2: that's super whole
0: yeah that's fucking punk I, that's, I would never think to do that
2: i'm in love with him
0: i, I would never think to do that I, I i feel like i would talk people out of like i mean we could hook up but i you probably you probably there's better things you could be doing with your time like i don't i can't imagine i can't imma- you really
2: yes See, yes. well, that's its own form of hotness, too. Right, girls?
0: No, I appreciate that you were trying to... Appreciate no, it's that were...
2: true. It's like the opposite, though, isn't it? It's just a different... Ta- it's the same tactic, just the opposite. I
0: really don't think it's a tactic. I, I really genu- don't
2: want... I really don't think you'll like me. I'm really... I, I'm, I'm just... I I'm know not you that think, I know you think and...
0: that's a tactic. I think I, but, it is. But I honestly... I challenge you, sir. That's well, a tactic, uh, goddammit. I don't know how to meet this challenge. <laughs> no, I really... It, because I, I, I don't have any... It's 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 not like I'm like like i don't re- i never expected it to work. I always just assumed but I bet you it did work I don't know I mean maybe sometimes, but you or know it's still is- a virgin yeah I knew one it. of these days i'm gonna be inside a lady <laughs> um <laughs> i uh i I think it probably goes back to grade school, which where I was not. I think a lot of your adult life is like trying to make up for shit in grade what school. What happened or,
2: or, in grade school. You must tell me now. My I'm, my mind is. Blown what happened? Like. It
0: wasn't anything crazy. So my family moved a lot. I was never a popular kid. I was I un, I was a late bloomer. I was into super nerdy shit that the other kids weren't into, and I didn't relate to them well because I thought they were all kind of mouth breathery, and so I just didn't, <laughs> you know. But but I didn't really I didn't really socialize well with other kids, and so I just didn't. It was very hard for me to not feel rejected constantly.
2: Interesting, because you're so socially
0: adept. Well, now I've been, you know, and I do. I've been doing stand up for 17 years, and i have doing. I've done hundreds of podcasts and been hosting television shows forever. So I like that sort of broke me out of a lot of that. I and mean, did you feel that way with mm-hmm. with me? like did that did did that? No, you're,
2: up- you're basically. I'm really connecting. With, I feel the same way.
0: Yeah. When you so you were a pretty shy kid.
2: Yeah, I was a funny mixture, you know, of shyness. I'm i 'm sure we 're pretty much the same, I mean we seem really extrovert, but we also have this like really
0: warped shyness i think it's learned i think it 's a learned extrovertism uh, you
2: know what they say about shyness right what it's grandiosity really you think it's it's the opposite of what you think it is it 's sort of because you 're so you think you 're so like not important is the wrong word, but you're so big in the game that everybody's staring at you. Yeah. And everybody's noticing every single thing about you and every little word out your mouth is being analyzed by everyone around you. And then it's sort of a relief as you get older to realize, well, actually, nobody gives a flying fuck what I feel, think.
0: Wait, what? They don't? <laughs> what do you mean?
2: You know what I mean? They like, care. Shy people really think we're all watching them. They really true. believe it.
0: I guess that's true. But some of that, I think, can develop from... Some of that can develop from uh, when people start recognizing you in public and you feel a little, you don't think you're being watched. Or you
2: get bullied at school. That or you could, get yeah, bullied, totally. It shuts you down a bit. Did you get bullied at school? I got badly bullied at school.
0: I mean, I don't mean yes, like that's awesome, but yes, I completely yeah, under, really, what, what did they bully you
1: for?
2: I don't really know. I, I came from, a, you know, a, a, like a nice family and the girl that bullied me was came from a nutty family. I mean, she had a really sad life, but I didn't give a damn about that back at the time then. It was you just, don't know i was she scared this living shit out of me and you don't a
0: beast you don't have empathy when you're you no, know you when you're you like 11 none. years old they probably have a really hard life
2: Oh, poor her yeah but yeah. i mean she really did have a shitty life and and she, it was a very sad story but um yeah she bullied me and that kind of shut me down but i mean i used to not even be able to go into school tuck shop and, and ask for a kit kat without f- being crippled with nerves I mean, really yeah it was really dysfunctional that way and you think? But I remember thinking, believing everybody was watching me at the tuck shop as I tried to buy my Kit Kat in and, my in my period of shyness.
0: And but but in, but then you've learned later that they were not. They looking don't look dumb. Or maybe they were. No. Maybe they saw something special.
2: No. As somebody once said to me, Cheryl, you're just not that interesting.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I find that to be a very comforting phrase. Right. I find that actually it's the When you
2: think about it. It actually is. It is
0: because I think I think I think there's an even more grandiose version of that. Where people don't just think everyone's looking at them; they think the universe is conspiring against them, and so they'll be like, "Oh yeah, another thing didn't work out because the universe doesn't want me to be happy." And It's like yeah. you're not that important. The universe doesn't give two fucks about you. Yeah. So just just pick a better path or figure this shit out. Here,
2: here, sir. Yes. Yes.
0: It's excuses. They're excuses.
2: Well, we all make excuses, right? Of how we get through our day, but that is a very obvious one.
0: Yeah. And so you now that you guys are back in the studio again. Do you, does it feel the same or different or like, oh, we're just picking up where we left off or how does it feel?
2: <laughs> Silence. Um, Silence. You know, it, I've never been a big fan of the studio <laughs> to <help you. laughs>
0: Uh, uh, The court it should be duly noted that uh, Shirley Manson smacked Kyle on the leg.
2: I did smack Kyle because he was looking at me out of the side of his eyes, and it was. He was giving you the
0: side, the side look. I
2: mean, you know it's a thing. I don't (laughs) know. It's awesome. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I find it a wee bit tedious being in the studio. I have to say, because I've got, I think I actually have made a, a discovery about myself of late. I think I might have attention deficit disorder. Slight, very mild very mild stop it kyle <laughs> and um, as a result i just once i've heard like one drum pattern maybe maybe 20 times then i've reached my limit and i want to kill somebody
0: yeah but i understand that i mean it's just if you it, it it just feels repetitive you've yeah, done but this the,
2: the, the rest of the band they genuinely love it they kind of get lost in it they they tell me stories about how they hear and you know, Butch in particular hears in three D. So when he's listening, he's stepping inside the mute, like the sound. And I'm like boggled. But my my mind boggles at the thought of that because how that cool be that must be. That <laughs> <might> be. <laughs> no, but it's just like that. He's born to do it, and he finds it endlessly fascinating. Yeah, and I wish I could say I did too, but I. Don't.
0: Well, but maybe that's part of what works so well about you guys as a as a band is that you offer complete like if you were all three complete audio nerds Fun- in that, in functioning that way functioning
2: individuals yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no but you're right It's that's why it, it does work
0: but Quark you guys does. you're going on are you when does the tour start you guys are going on tour
2: we go on tour I think it's the 3rd of October
0: because you're playing the you're playing the Greek here. We are. I can't believe
2: it. I'm You've never so played excited. the Greek before. Never played the Greek. What the fucking shit? I know, but that's what we said. I we can't were like, believe it. Why are we not playing the Greek? I know, it's our twentieth anniversary. Let's I do have it. find
0: that hard to believe, but I, but that's that's amazing. No,
2: I'm excited. I'm
0: I'm excited. Might, I think I might have to come to that come? show. Please Yes, come. I will come to that show. Please come. I, do, I live near there, so I.
2: Oh I, well, then you have no excuse. I, I can. Yeah. Colin, are you taking notes?
0: Colin, hey Colin, it's Chris <laughs> Hardwick. Can I have tickets to the? who <laughs> well your from ba- the, your band from a podcast <laughs> oh yeah uh, we give out tickets to podcast people let's see that can't, i can't i can't wait for that can't wait for that call but Shirley said yeah 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 i won't forget yeah never no nope. i won't forget all right i'll, I'll be i'll be screaming Hi,
2: oh, <laughs> i do i remember things like that
0: do you do you have a do you have a, an iron trap of a memory
2: no but for for you know Things like this, I I do.
0: All right, good. And I, can't, I give
2: my word, I remember.
0: I I appreciate that. I can't. <laughs> I, I, because I've seen you guys live before. In the when I worked at K Rock, you know, you, you I'm sure I must have seen you at an acoustic Christmas or like one of the one of the K Rock shows.
2: Actually, I've got something quite embarrassing to tell you. What is that? We've actually slept together.
0: Oh, that was. um. That was you. <laughs> that was me. Oh my god! <laughs> I'm not a virgin. You're this not a virgin. This is news. I, I wanted to break it to you gently. Oh my god! Woohoo! Was I good at it? You were incredible.
2: I'm Mind so boggling. glad. I have never forgotten. <laughs> <laughs> but unfortunately, you have forgotten. No, it so says a lot about my prowess.
0: I got so nervous and I shit everywhere, and I, <laughs> and I developed this crippling <laughs> fear of poop. <laughs>
2: No, I'm sure we have probably met at some point at these K-Rock dudes. Maybe. They I were mean... incredible, though. That Some of my happiest memories of the 90s were those K-Rock shows, like those Christmas shows. They the were Christi- incredible. Christmas. They
0: were so much fun.
2: They were like it was like a scene out of Almost Famous or something. You'd be like hanging out with like Oasis and No Doubt and Fiona Apple and Radiohead and all like all these incredible bands. I
0: think I may have. Oh my God! I think I may have introduced you guys one year because.
2: We, because we, <laughs> See, you thought
0: I was joking. No, yeah, yeah. Before the sex part, and then uh, uh, we.
2: And then we, we bammed into one another at the end of the show.
0: Yeah, and you were like. I've never been introduced so well before in my life, and I'm like, oh my god, I'm scared and drunk. Uh, uh, but I, I remember, I'm almost positive I introduced you guys at the at the Universal Amphitheater with the with,
2: spinning stage, with right? the spinning stage, mm-hmm.
0: because as a, as DJ's there, we had to go out and hey, I'm so and so, and here the, and I'm almost pot. Oh man, let's
1: put your hands together for the incredible. I'll tell you
0: how I introduced you and I'm sorry, it's just I'm a complete dork, and I have a weird sense of humor. Uh-oh. The stage was turning, and I had a mic. It's is like a song lyric. It wasn't, it's not going to be when you hear what I said. The stage was turning, and it seemed so presentational to me, I, and I could hear my voice booming in the Universal Amphitheater. I said, ladies and gentlemen, the magic of David Copperfield. <laughs> and, and then there was a weird smattering. And I'm like, I'm just kidding. It's garbage. <laughs> did
2: you really see that? I really that? did do that. No way. I
0: really did do that.
2: That's fantastic.
0: Yeah. the And I, I guess I, I thought it was hilarious. <laughs> I was the person who thought it was hilarious. And the other 6,000 people didn't or whatever so was, I mean, they didn't, you know. They didn't want irony. They just wanted to fucking see a, a good show. They did. Yeah, but those those were the oh my god, those were the.
2: I'm gonna have to ask. I bet you the band remember. They remember everything.
0: With, I hope that I would be so tickled <laughs> if they remembered something like that. But go, yeah, oh
2: yeah, that douchebag. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> I almost quit music because of that fucking guy. <laughs> yeah, those are those are the old days. I I I don't drink anymore, but in those days I drank very like it was just a constant stream of like.
2: Decadence. Yeah!
0: K-Rock! Do you remember any of those? Do you remember anything particularly weird or fun happening at those shows? I do. Quite a lot of weird and fun <laughs> things. What what are two weird things that you remember?
2: Well, the thing that's real I mean, this isn't even that decadent. I just remember it we laughed ourselves sick was going out, We went out to the front of house to watch Oasis. And Liam Gallagher was being his usual boorish self and he was <laughs> Standing in the middle of the stage with his mouth agape, with saliva and beer just trickling out of it, like he just—he he sort of—I don't know what he was doing—and it seemed to go on forever. He's just standing there like a mouth breather with. <laughs> alcohol and then just strings of gob coming out of his mouth
0: and he did wasn't singing in any way wasn't
2: singing just standing there like
0: (laughs) (laughs) i wonder what the experience was in his head while that was happening
2: yeah who knows and he was always telling the audience to fuck off and everybody loved it and like, that would never fly right now.
0: No, I feel be like, uh, no, fuck no, you. They, they, would,
2: they would hoist you off the stage, probably.
0: Yeah, yeah. But back then... Would be, just... There'd be a, there'd be a hashtag that would be launched, that would trend, yeah, it'd cancel trend is, Oasis. Yeah.
2: There, there would be outrage and
0: it'd be all, petitions. It'd, it'd be all over. Yeah. It's kind of funny. I always think about how uh when um, Paul McCartney was on the show a few, a few months back, and he talked about how you...
2: You interviewed Paul McCartney? I
0: did, yeah. Yeah. holy cow and he was talking about how he was like did uh, it make
2: you nervous sorry to interrupt
0: no i wasn't because i knew that if i was nervous then that would make him uncomfortable and so i just figured well just he's a guy i'll just talk to him and and he was the best so gracious and so lovely but he would he told the story about how whenever someone would say so and so is the next beatles he would go oh Oh no you shouldn't have done it. oh they're not gonna that was sort of the kiss of death like yeah. that was and he wasn't saying it from an arrogant place but just you know doing doing the like the data would confirm that the second someone calls you the next Beatles, you're screwed you're screwed and he said and he he mentioned oasis and he was like oh like when they said oasis was the next beetle and and my, what i meant to i never said at the time was like but i think they were the ones saying that weren't they the <laughs> yeah. ones saying that i yeah. think they said they it before the have. press did yeah, yeah. Who are the next Beatles? Maybe we're the next Beatles? Oh, God. I think maybe you're not the next Beatles. <laughs> maybe, maybe you didn't be maybe the... Not. Maybe you're not the next Beatles. Maybe not. Uh, I remember being really drunk and having Andy Dick drag... Like, let's go in this dressing room for some reason. And we go in there and it's Tori Amos's dressing room. And she's sitting right where Kyle is. And we're just sitting in Tori Amos's dressing room. And um, she doesn't seem fun. Well, uh, she
2: is fun. But is she's she? Just, yeah. Okay. Yeah, she's really fun, actually. Yeah. But yeah, she's a lady. She's quiet
0: but she was just sitting there with her manager and we were a few (laughs) feet from her but rather than say like who are you and why are you in here and of course it's horribly invasive two drunk louts just burst into your dressing room and sit down
2: well Andy dicks a lot to handle he is you know
0: he is uh but this this was i'm glad i have one good andy dick story in my drunken days i don't i feel like i got it you know like i feel like i don't need any more but she just whispered to her manager. And the manager came over and said, I'm sorry, who are you guys? But it was funny. <laughs> we're as close to her as I am to Kyle, but she wouldn't ask us directly. It was very obvious, like, oh, excuse me, who are you? Whoa, amazing. Yeah. So it was really it was really strange. Yeah, Those terrible. were the days, though. Do you have the energy for that stuff anymore? You're like, ah, it's just too much of a but hassle. I
2: have a lot of energy still. If, if I'm into it. I mean, if it's a bunch of boring idiots, not really. Yeah. But if, if, if the night is right and the and the conversation is good, yeah, I'm into it.
0: I almost I, mean, were... I don't
2: party like I used to party I, mean, no. that, I think that would be a bit sad, really, if I did, but i can I have a lot of energy still for fun
0: I feel like it's it's a constant challenge to keep uh finding adventure because the because you like comfort is really nice. It's really nice to be comfortable. It is, and at a certain point, you know, adventure does not adventure flies in the face of being comfortable. And when you're young, you always want to be uncomfortable. You always want to. Well, be Well,
2: you're willing to be uncomfortable. You don't want to be, but you're willing to be
0: because you don't know anything yet, and you're trying to find yeah. something. But I wonder if that thing you're trying to find ultimately is like, oh, this is a, this is a, it's sort of like a dog who circles them, like, oh, makes the mat all, oh, and then they curl up and then they're just comfortable.
2: When I was really young, though, some, a a writer, actually, a Scottish writer called Andrew Gregg gave me the best advice, which was, you know, when you're young, your your plane takes off and your plane is up in the air and it's just, it's a natural trajectory. You know, there's no effort required, really. But then as you get older, you have to start, not only like piloting your own plane, but you have to like find the fuel to make it happen. <laughs> and and it, I, it's always really stuck in my head. It's like, I have to make things happen for myself. I have to engineer adventure because it's not, it doesn't come to you like it does when you're young because you, you know, you're so open when, you, when you're young and you're willing to do anything. I, would, I worked so much for free and I would do anything anyone asked me if it seemed even remotely good fun. And then you get older and you just say, no, no, I'm not doing that. Are they going to pay me? No. and you just people just stop and do nothing in the end they don't take any risks they don't do anything new they don't do stuff that they don't feel that they're in charge of or that they know how to master and i just feel like you really have to do that constantly and my dad actually is a great inspiration for that too because he's like nearly 80 he just went to africa on a bike and rode 400 kilometers for charity and none of us his daughters thought he could do it we were all like there's no way you can do this you're this you're insane and he was like i'm gonna do it and if i if i die while i'm over there so be it i'm gonna go out and have an adventure oh. off he went and i just think that's incredible
0: Oh, eighty is, years old yeah yeah that is i think maybe do you ever write a book did i, I ever write I one think there's a book in you somewhere <laughs>
2: I don't know about that
0: engineering your own adventure that's not a book come on <laughs> that's what a great mm. i'm telling you you know it's just that what may seem very personal to you is like oh it's my boring life it's not that bad. like but
2: that stuff's very useful to we people we all think our lives though don't have a book in them i think everybody has a book actually probably to be i think
0: fear. you in particular have a do book do you all yeah. right yeah i'll
2: go and write one this afternoon
0: this just today this yeah. afternoon yeah all right <laughs> a uh, b- b- Breaking news story, I guess. That um, should be out by tomorrow. Yeah. If you're going to write it this afternoon, you can put off recording for another day. Okay, fuck those guys. Yeah. Like you can, you can.
2: <laughs> Kyle's wasing himself laughing over here.
0: Uh, Kyle, Kyle's our he's our walk around muppet. Like he's just a he's just a bundle of a uh, furry delight. He's a he's a he's he's a happy go lucky, but he's got a dark side. Oof. Kyle knows more about music than anyone I've ever met.
2: Well, I'm gathering you all are kind of into music in a massive I, I, way.
0: I, I am a music I, I love I love music. Kyle is mute like this guy is a fucking Wikipedia of music. It's it's pretty it's pretty ridiculous. There are things that are so obscure and Kyle go, Yeah, that was so and so or that was this. Like, he, I'd love to be like that. Yeah. It's just a it's
2: <laughs>
0: that's all you gotta do oh my god that's the best quote ever <laughs> <laughs> that hole. Yeah. fair enough <laughs> but Kyle you know that hole's impossible to fill
1: no no no, no. I think we got it now. no <laughs> you, you always say that Kyle's been filled <laughs>
0: ah shit there's still filled. more room still more room so in essence fill your holes and um uh, engineer your own adventure yeah. <laughs> uh, people can find where can they find details about the tour is it is, do you guys own garbage.com com? yes well, then I guess they should go to Garbage.com.
2: Mm, yeah, I mean, you know, there's the myriad of social media platforms, isn't there? Yeah. I mean, I, I can't keep up at this point. Literally, I feel like I'm being introduced to a new one every day. Yeah. Are you on Snapchat? Oh, I knew you were going to ask me that. Are you on Snapchat? I just recently, Googled, somebody said to me, you know, we need to get you on Snapchat. You'd be really good at it. And uh, I was like, well, show me how it works. And then I just, I looked at how it worked and
0: yeah. You need to Snapchat your goddamn jambon sandwiches. You need to do. Oof. <laughs> <laughs> you need to snapchat. Snapchat your fucking sandwich. <laughs> now I just sound like TJ Miller. Now I sound like TJ Miller.
2: Do you do Snapchat?
0: No Um No, because I've been uh ah, it's a dumb, boring story. I basically the the, the username that I use for everything, someone oh, squatted it. it and I can't get it back from him, and so I've been very stubborn about it, like, well, fine then. And, um... So I, I haven't been on. It's so
2: annoying when they do that.
0: It really is. Are they
2: trying to start money from you? No, they're not even doing anything with it. They this just is frustrating it. about it. They don't uh. want,
0: they're not doing anything with it. Yeah. And I know it's a very bratty point of view. I should just start another one, but.
2: No, it's the principle. It's a the man has principle. to have some principles. I right? need a thing yep.
0: to hold on to in this world of, of tenuous grasp. <laughs> and that's what I'm putting all my uh, energy toward. So uh, yeah, I don't know if I if I ever get it, then I'll I'll be on. I'm on premium. I'm on everything else, but I Are like they, social media. When
2: I looked when I looked at when I got my tutorial on Snapchat, I I could see the uses for it and how fun it could be to torture your friends.
0: Yes. But- that
2: much I clicked onto really fast, how I could wreak havoc in my manager's life, for a random example.
0: What is uh, what is one example of, of havoc wreaking that you would?
2: You could just, you know, I'm not even going to get into it here of what I intend to do because <laughs> I still intend to do it at some point. <laughs> but I just think you could really creep people out.
0: Shirley's on a Snapchat, where you uh, <laughs> take pictures of poop that disappear after ten seconds.
2: <laughs> I'm not, I'm not scatological like that. I don't want to look particularly look at poos.
0: Okay, you don't want to look at them. Not really. Okay. No. Good, but you know that's an option if that's the way that you wanted to use it. Yeah.
2: Um, um, well, there, there's that. You're, That's true. You're welcome for that Interesting. Okay, thank watching. you for that.
0: You know, what you guys could do is you, you, you could start Periscoping some of the stuff. At I your... knew
2: you were going to mention Periscope. I love Periscope. Why?
0: Because...
2: Well, why have you not got it on right now? Um,
0: because I don't think it's Because then for... it wouldn't
2: be a podcast.
0: Well, it? no. I actually... Well, the reason, that I, the reason that I don't is because I feel like... It's a lot to ask of a guest. Like, hey, can we live stream you? I feel like there's something that's very cozy and comfortable about just being able to chat with just audio. So,
2: what would you use your Periscope for? Periscope. Tell
0: Periscope. I think is for is for situations that just feel sort of like you need to be there. You just it's like it's it's an experience.
2: Here it's, I am walking on stage.
0: Well, walking on stage, like I've periscoped a bunch of walks out to. Uh, talk shows like if i do like the tonight show or something I, i'll periscope or like conan i'll periscope from backstage so people can see what it feels like to walk out and see the crowd and say, or uh or my friend april and i did 32 minutes of car jams the other day driving from <laughs> between shows in san jose and sacramento just singing and You shared that we shared that because it sort of felt like oh we're all on a road trip together so we fucking we were singing uh we were singing colin hay songs and wham songs and unironic Hall and & Oates and Michael McDonald that was fucking great.
2: Hall & Oates are great. They're fucking fantastic. Are great.
0: Yeah. They're all good. They're all They're good. They're really good. If you were going to cover a Hall & Oates song, Man Eater would be Man Eater. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've
2: actually sung Greg Kirsten, who we go back to earlier, the producer, he has a band called Bird and the Bee and they did a whole cover album of uh, Hall & Oates songs and I sang backing vocals on <sighs> Man Eater. Already lived out that dream,
0: Chris. Uh, what is the what are the backing vocals on Man Eater? What are, ha- Whoa, here
2: he comes! <laughs> Just
0: in the background. I know Bird and the Bee. Yeah, of course. That's awesome. Yeah. See, you've already you've already lived your dream. I've
2: already lived my dream.
0: Hall and Oates bucket list yeah, checked. Baby. <laughs> All right. I'm very excited to see you at the Greek Theater because I do believe I'm in I'm going to
2: hold you to that.
0: I'm going to be there.
2: Kelly, you're my witness.
0: I'm gonna am I'm gonna bring my lady to a yeah, show bring the, the Greek lady. Theater. Does your husband come to the show?
2: Uh, he works at the show.
0: Okay, yeah. then, then yeah. Yeah. Good. Yeah. What does he do?
2: <laughs> he is our engineer, both on in the studio, and he runs all our system basically. Oh,
0: that's really cool. Yeah, he's that's, the guy. That's nice.
2: <laughs> it, it is nice. It's it, nice to be nice.
0: It's nice to be nice, and it's nice to like. It's nice to just know that that. It's so funny. I think. Uh, Having that there waiting for you when you're done with a show is nice. Like, I love when my girlfriend's at a show because I just feel like, ah, it's just nice. I can just, like, I have that to look forward to when I get of
2: the Oh, this is so cute. Shut up. <laughs> you
0: stop it. <laughs> All right. Normally, um, so we end our show, we end our show with uh, a, 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 a phrase that has become sort of a philosophical mantra where we tell people to enjoy. We say, enjoy your burrito. It just means enjoy your present as it's happening.
2: But I understand. We have exactly the same sort of uh, custom in
0: Scotland. What's that?
2: Except it's enjoy your haggis.
0: Yeah, I think that's the that's it. That's the, I think you just you just planted the flag at the end of the podcast for us. It's going to be enjoy your haggis. My pleasure. Right now. Yeah, which is a Which is it's like a Scottish burrito. Yeah, made out of a sheep. It is. Uh, so enjoy your haggis. <laughs> the end. The end. We did it, and I'm gonna. See if you will sign our guest book. I will. A lot of my favorite, uh, my favorite doctor from Doctor Who is Scottish.
2: Peter Capaldi. Uh, David Tennant. David Tennant. Although
0: Capaldi's great. Yeah,
2: Capaldi's great, but so David Tennant is too.
0: But you watch the show? Yeah. You of course, do? Of course I do. Are you recording this? Yeah. What? What's your favorite season? Oh, I'm sorry. You're choking on water. I can't believe I just stumbled into the Doctor Who. Swallow that water so we can talk about Doctor Who.
2: Oh, so sad. Are you a hooey?
0: I'm a Whovian. If you're a hooligan, I hear that just means you like the Who. Uh, it's a much different. I go group. way
2: back to Tom Baker.
0: You're a Tom Baker, yeah. And and Craig Ferguson is a is a John, John Pertwee. Pertwee yeah. yeah, that was his guy.
2: Yeah, John Pertwee was amazing. We got
0: Tom Baker in the states, but it was on PBS. Right. And then we didn't really get. We didn't get the. We didn't get like Sylvester McCoy. We didn't get the '80s Doctor Who. Really,
2: I yeah, I was I was too grown up at that point. I was uninterested.
0: But now you've come back to it. I've come back.
2: Oh, good. Slowly
0: learned back. Did you did you did you go through the, the Eccleston and the Tennant and the Smith and the Capaldi? If you follow the whole, I wasn't.
2: Yeah, I should watch what I see, but uh, I wasn't a huge Matt Smith fan.
0: No. Mm. But you you've come back with uh, Capaldi. I love Peter Capaldi. He's, He's a genius. He's great. I didn't know how he was going to attack this one but he's so he, that that his his doctor is so fucked up and dark. I twisted, really he's so dark, twisted. Right? Yeah.
2: Lots of loneliness, right,
0: Kyle? Lots of yeah, loneliness. True. He's going <laughs> to fill yeah. that hole. That's right. That is, and that's what does the doctor true. do? He fills a hole in his loneliness with information. He's the smartest person in the universe. Bingo. Right? Yeah. yeah. Kyle, you're sort of like the doctor. Oh,
1: more than you know, Chris. Oh shit. Aww. What?
0: Aww. Are you really the puppet master that's, of this whole thing that's this entire thing? The big
1: time? twist ending at the end of the podcast. Oh my <laughs> God. Episode. I just get into my booth and fly away. It's your TARDIS. Oh, that's the best. That would You'd be, be so bummed. I would be really
0: bummed. <laughs> Why
1: don't I get to be the doctor? <laughs>
0: that we should send the podcast with oh, the TARDIS. Taking off.
2: Now leaving Nerdist.com. Enjoy your burrito. <laughs>